0: All right, it's Christmas time, and it's feeling more and more like that as we get closer and closer to December 25th. And uh, today um, is the second Sunday in Advent, and uh, so you'll notice that on the, on the Advent candles over here, we, we, got, we got actually two candles lit. One of them's kind of short, and, uh, but the other one's up there. It's actually, we've got four candles, and what that represents is that Advent is a time that means arrival, it means emergence. And so for Advent, there's actually four Sundays that we celebrate in the church that are all leading up to Christmas Day. And so we are now, December 7th, we are the second Sunday of Advent. We've got two more Sundays of Advent before then. We celebrate Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we do this. And you'll be seeing different people throughout the different Sunday services from GRX, coming up, leading in prayer, leading in the Christmas story, and lighting these Advent candles because we anticipate the arrival and the emergence and the revealing of Jesus Christ, who is God, who is God with us. And so we're doing that every Sunday. And what we've also been looking at every Sunday in terms of the message is looking at this passage out of Isaiah Chapter nine, verses two and six. And the reason we're doing that is because Christmas can be full of all of these things that can really distract us, but the thing that is so central about Christmas is Christ. The thing that is so central about Christmas time is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so in Advent and this season, and in all of the preaching, we're going to focus on Jesus Christ the center of Christmas time. Now today we're going to look at and talk about the second great title. Last week we looked at the first great title of Christ and today we're going to look at the second great title of Christ and it comes out of that foretelling prophecy out of Isaiah. So we're going to read that together and then we're going to get into the message. So Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 and 6 say it like this. The people... Who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And then here are the four great names and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. So, we're going to focus on that second great name, that second great title, Mighty God. Now, Christ coming into the world, and at Christmas time, when Jesus Christ comes as a baby into Bethlehem, what happens is that Christ in the world offers us both a great gift and then also this great dilemma. And it centers around this idea of mighty God. Because Jesus Christ is God's gift to the world and he is the mighty God. But then here's the dilemma. How will we respond to the mighty God? How will we respond to the power and the authority that's being claimed in this name and in this title? Our response is, to power and authority can be varied, can be very dynamic. But if our, if our, if our uh, authority is trustworthy, if our authority is good, then how do we respond? And I'd suggest, and I think this is very interesting, that as human beings, our response to power changes radically based on our own human situation. So I was uh, driving once, coming, off, coming uh, home from a very late meeting. I was getting uh, back to the Bay Area, and our meeting was in Sacramento. It was late at night. It was dark on the road. And um, so if you've ever driven back from uh, Sacramento, and the road is just completely desolate, I was like, man, I just really want to get home. So I was driving um, fast, fast. I was driving a little faster than uh, the signs say that you should drive. So I'm cooking along at 85 miles an hour, and it is just desolate. You know, you're cruising on, you go through those towns like Dixon, and you know, you go by the nut tree, and you're just flying. There's nobody on the road. And uh, it's lonely out there. And I'm just like, man, I'm going to make it home in good time. And then, uh, all of a sudden... Out of nowhere I saw a great light. <laughs> this light was flashing. And it was behind me. And I was wishing it was an angel that said, "Fear not, I bring you good." I looked back in my rearview mirror and it was that familiar red and blue and the blinking lights that would go like that. And I said, "Oh, man." You know who pulled in behind me? California Highway Patrol, some of California's finest, pulled right in behind me. And I heard that great voice of authority, please pull over. And pulled right over. I said, dang, busted. 85. <laughs> All right. Now imagine you're in that car with me. It's a different night, it's dark. We're driving back from Sacramento. We're just trying to get back to the Bay Area. We're cruising. And all of a sudden, we blow a tire. And it's like, oh, man, all of a sudden our car's beginning to shake. And we're we're just, you know, there's nobody out there. And we just like, all of a sudden the car's like, you hear that flapping sound on the front right. And it's like, and all of a sudden, we can't go anymore. And all of a sudden, we've got to we pull over. So we pull over, and we're stopped. And it's dark, and it's lonely, and it's the side of the road. And then all of a sudden, behind us, we see a great light. <laughs> and it's flashing, and it's blinking, and it pulls in right behind us. It's California's finest, California Highway Patrol. And then now, how do we respond to that authority? We just go, all right, that is so awesome. I am so glad there's a Highway Patrol officer right behind me. Right? We're saved. So what's the difference? What's the difference about how we respond to power and authority in those situations, it's our present situation. It's where we are. It's how we are. And if you've ever been in a situation where you've been in need, then you know that when authority shows up, it's the best news that you can have. See, this is how it is with Jesus Christ at Christmas time. This is how it is with Jesus. But our response could be different to Him. Because when Jesus comes, and He comes as the mighty God with authority and with power, the question before us is, how do we respond to Jesus Christ? How do we respond to the mighty God? The most interesting thing about Scripture is that even in the Christmas narrative, we see these two different kinds of responses to the authority of Jesus Christ and to the mighty God that comes at Christmas. One response comes in the form of King Herod. And King Herod rejects the power of God. And the other response is in the wise men who recognize the power of Christ and they welcome him and they worship him. In the Christmas narrative in Matthew 2, we see that there are wise men who come to seek Jesus. They come out of the East. And I'm going to read out of Matthew 2 for us. It's not going to come up on the screen, but just come into the story and hear the story of Christmas time and hear these two responses to Jesus Christ coming into the world. So these wise men, they come out of the east because they've seen this bright star and they know how to read the heavens and they know that that change in the heavens means that there's a change in power. There's a rising of a star in the east that means that there's a rising of kingship, a change in political power that's somewhere happening. And as that's rising up, they come out of countries in the east to come westward to look for this new king, this new authority but they don't quite know where it is. So what they do is they go to the present authority in that region. And the present authority in that region is King Herod. And so they come out of respect because they think, of course, if there's this new king coming, maybe it's a child of Herod. Maybe this sort of new line is coming. So they go, they go to the place of authority. And that's why they go to the palace of Herod. And they inquire, Because they think Herod would know about this new power. But he doesn't know about this new power. Herod is in control. Herod has power over the area. And so Matthew 2 goes like this. The wise men come and they come to Herod and they say, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. But the passage then says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled because this is a threat to his power. It said the king Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem was with him. And then Herod, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, those are the learned people, he said, where is Christ who is to be born? And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, For so it is written in the prophets, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. But as we read along in the story, Herod's intentions are not to worship Christ, but to destroy him. See, when the wise men find Christ, They themselves are even warned in a dream not to return to Herod, but they go home by another way. They don't tell Herod where the Christ is. And then Matthew continues and says, Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem in all that region who were two years old or under. According to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. And that's when Joseph and Mary and Jesus fled from Bethlehem into Egypt. This was all of this surrounding this first Christmas story, this incredible struggle of power because the mighty God had come from the heavens into the world. And for King Herod, he saw this power as a threat to him, and to his authority, and to his own power. But by contrast, you see another response to power, and that you see in the wise men. That you see in these men who have traveled many miles to find Christ. This is how the wise men encountered Jesus in Matthew. The wise men, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, went before them and it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother. And then get this, they fell down and they worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Two different responses to power. Herod rejects the lordship of Christ, and the wise men welcome him and they worship him. And so, here, this is the key question at Christmas time. In the midst of all the activity, in the midst of all the sales, in the midst of all the things that are going on in our world, how will we respond to Christ? His name is. An identity as the mighty God. Will we reject him? Will we say, hey, you know, my life is all good. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm all good. I know where I'm going. I'm good. I don't need that kind of power in my life. Which what we're really saying, if we say that, is I, I really don't need a God to rule in my life. I don't want Jesus messing up what I got. I'm all good. Or Will we welcome Jesus, and will we worship him, and will we draw him again into our life anew in this season? When we say, Jesus, okay, all right, I get that you're the mighty God, and will you come and rule in my heart, and in my mind, and in my life, and I welcome you to be my king and to be my savior? Come, Lord Jesus, at this Christmas time and be in my life in a new way. Help me to trust you more with my life. Help me to place all my hopes and my dreams in you again this Christmas season. I mean, I know there's stuff that's in my life. There's there's stuff I'm responsible for. There's stuff that I'm just stressed about. But God, God, Help me to see again that you are good and that you love me and that you can rule in my life. Let me place all the things that are in my life again under your lordship because you are good. You know, people struggle with this all the time and I love this passage even out of the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians. When Paul is writing to this church in Colossae, he is recognizing that here's a people in Colossae who are struggling, struggling with making the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. And they are struggling with all kinds of philosophies, all kinds of mindsets, all kinds of worldviews that say, you know what, Jesus Christ really isn't Lord. In the first and second century in Colossae, they were dealing with all kinds of other philosophies. And I would say that that's very true about us as well in the Bay Area. Whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, all you have to do is look out and see all of the different philosophies that we are grappling with as well in our time. You know, there's humanism. There's secular humanism that says, you know, It's all about being human. It's all about you reaching your greatest potential. And when you are able to reach your greatest potential, then that is where your salvation lies. You know, we've talked about this before here, but especially in this Christmas season, we live in a worldview and a philosophy of consumerism where if we just buy that one more thing, our life is going to be whole. Or if we just get this one more material object, then then we're all good. Then we're going to be saved in that. Or sometimes there's there's a philosophy out there. It's kind of got a rough name. It's called hedonism. But what it basically means is, hey, if it feels good, then do it. You know, as long as it feels good, then that's the big philosophy that we can ascribe to. But we're saying, hey, You know, that's not the philosophy. That's not where it's at. We're saying it's Jesus Christ that's where it's at. And in the church in Colossae in the first and second century, they were also dealing with all these different philosophies. But this is what the Apostle Paul says, and he's drawing the reality that Jesus Christ is the mighty God. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I mean, that's the call for us. Be rooted in Jesus Christ this Christmas Advent season and walk in him. And then Paul continues to say this. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Guys, don't get taken in by consumerism this Christmas time. Don't be taken in by empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him, the fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. He is the head of all rule and authority, like it foretells in our Christmas passage in Isaiah. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Mighty God. And the whole fullness of deity dwells in him bodily. And it's my hope for us, it's my prayer for us, it's my longing for us that this Christmas season, that you and I, that we would receive Christ as Jesus, as Lord, the mighty God. And so walk in him, walk in his power, walk in his trustworthiness. And this Christmas Advent season, to walk in his love, walk in his love for you.